All right, we're going to continue our sermon series on God, the Holy Spirit, and His work. Um, Today, the thing I really want us to hear, because so many times we think that, what is that sound, Dave? Nice. Another reason we'll find a space without a loud exit sign. All right. You know where to go if it gets too cold. Um... Sometimes, can we pull the battery out of that? I got a little electrical background. I think we can dull that bad boy. No one's afraid if we, uh, a ladder gets thrown up there, Dave. But that's from a guy that's 5'7". You probably can get it. Um, my wife likes me to say I'm 5'8". But... Star, you pray? Nice. All right. So many times in our walk with God, we feel like God sometimes, I don't know if you guys feel like this, but I feel like sometimes we feel like God is a, is a father who's over us and who's just waiting for us to do something wrong. Does anyone feel like that sometimes? And when we do something wrong, he's there to just punish us right away for what we've done wrong. So it's not living in this kind of, as a child of God, that we have a helpful father and a helpful God. We're living like did I make a mistake? Or is God going to take this away? Or what's going to happen to me? Rather than feeling like we have a helping God, we have, feel like we almost have a God that's very overly strict when there's no love attached to that strictness. Does that make sense, anyone? And what I want you to hear today, that God the Holy Spirit is a helper. That God is a helper. And he's here to help us through life. You know, when I asked everyone when we were starting the sermon series and did the intro last week, I said, do we all need help? It's one of the biggest responses I've ever got from Restoration Road. Everyone said, we all need help. There's a sense in us living in a broken world. We're broken ourselves. We're in broken families, broken relationships, broken friendships, broken beings that we wake up and say, I need help. I just need help. Every morning I wake up, I need help. It's not like you wake up and all of a sudden you're self-sustaining. All of a sudden you feel like you're God and you can make it. No, we always need help. And that's what I want you to hear today, that God, the Holy Spirit, is a helper. Not someone who's over you, waiting for you to make a mistake so he can cast you out of the kingdom. You know, my wife always says, once I start working out, working out analogies make the message. They do. But that's because I use my life stories. And one of the things you never want to do when you're at the gym is following a guy that is really devoted to working out. Right? When you see that bench, and there's a guy on it, he's rocking that tank top, has that copper brown tan, and he has three plates of 45 on each side. You do not want to follow that guy. Like me, I don't want to get up and put my 25s on each side. You know how we do around here, you know? You don't want to follow that guy. And sometimes we can feel like that. When people, when you really think about it and see people say, follow Jesus. I want you to follow Jesus. You're like, can you give me someone more messed up to follow? You want me to follow the God man? You want me to follow the one who laid down his life, who was perfect, who was sinless, and and who was the most loving and is the most loving person who ever existed? You want me to follow him? And the answer is yes, because God the Holy Spirit can help you follow Jesus. So I decided that I was going to get on the bench, and we were going to do, I was trying to try to max out. 
And I wish I could tell you me maxing out the, on the bench was more than it is, but it was 185, all right? Not bad, come on. So I decide that I'm going to try to max out on 185. And what happens is, quickly, as I begin to lift this weight, I realize I can't get this weight up. And I'm giving, you know what's going on. There's a lot of shaking going on. But I'm like, I can't get this one. This is too much weight for me. Thank goodness my pal, Joe Gore, was above me with the spot. Right? The spot was there. Come on, pal. Come on, pal. Come on, buddy. And I got it up. The reason I share that with you is because many times in life, when it comes to obeying God and following God, we say to myself, I can't do it. I can't do it. Some of us have looked at areas of our lives and said, there is absolutely no way I can follow Jesus in this area. There's, I can't do it. But God, the Holy Spirit, is right there saying, just keep going. I'm spotting you, and I'm going to help you make it. And you're going to get that bar up. And I'm serious. Remember that analogy. And I said to Joe, I said, man, I barely got that. He said, you got it about 90%. He was lying to me because he loved me. At the best, I got 70% of that. But God, the Holy Spirit, when we feel like we can't carry the weight of this world, when we feel like we can't follow him, when we feel like we can't even endure, he spots us and he lifts up and he helps us. Now, I want you to see this in Scripture. Let's turn to John 14, 15 through 27. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. In that day you will know that I am in the Father, in my Father, and you in me and I in you. Whoever has, command, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Jesus, how is he revealing the Holy Spirit? How is he, what title is he giving the Holy Spirit? A helper. And that's how I want you to look at God, the Holy Spirit, and his work. We're going to break down each week the work of the Holy Spirit, but I want you to see him first, that he is a helper And going to help you in all things. I want to revisit a few things. God is one. After I left last week's message, I want you guys to hear that. God is one. We are monotheists, meaning we worship one God. We praise one God, yet he exists in what? Three persons. This is unique to the people of God. There are many religions out there where they have many gods. Many religions where they are polytheists. Okay? It's unique to us that we believe in one God. 
Not three gods. So we're not talking about three separate gods. We're talking about one God in essence, but God the Holy Spirit. Hey, brother. Um, God the Holy Spirit is a person of the one God in substance and essence. Does everyone understand that? It was important to me as a pastor, that God is one. We're not talking about a third God here. We're talking about one God and a third person. This God is the one who administers help. So God the Father makes the plan. God the Son implements the plan in the gospel. And God the Holy Spirit is the one who helps you every day in your life. So when you say, I felt God speaking to me, I felt God giving me strength, I felt God moving me, that was God the Holy Spirit helping you. Jesus is on his throne. That's God the Holy Spirit who was sent to be with you. It's like this. When you go to the doctor, right, a team plans, if you're having a big operation, the team plans that big operation. The doctor, you put in the plate to Jesus, he implements that. He makes everything better, the surgery. Who do they send in to take care of you after that? The nurse. The nurse administers everything. They take care of you. They prop you up. They make the the bed right. They just take care of you. They give you the medicine. And the biggest thing they do, right, they remind you of what the doctor said. And hear this, because this is the work of God, the Holy Spirit. What do you constantly say to the nurse? Am I all right? Did he say I was going to get better? And what does the nurse do? They remind you of what the doctor said. And I remember with this Joe Vex so much. Because after he got the surgery, he used that last week, everyone was like, is he going to make a full recovery? And the nurse would say, he's going to make a full recovery. He's going to be all right. <clears throat> Can he eat solid food soon? And then tell you when he was going to be able to eat solid food. <clears throat> he would remind you of what the doctor said. It's, it's cold up here. I'm going to wear a kaha and preach. I got asthma. I'll be gagging up here before you know it if I don't put on a coat. <clears throat> Do I look real tradesman-like now? All right. This is going to be awesome for the video. <clears throat> so here's what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit, hear this work that the Holy Spirit does. Because sometimes we over-mystify the work of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen on that? I can't talk to another mystic head that's floating around with foggy stuff that makes absolutely no sense and their life's a mess and they're disorganized and they're lazy and they're telling you they're spiritual. You know what's spiritual? Loving your neighbor. Know what's spiritual? Getting up for work. You know what's spiritual? Providing for your family. You know what's spiritual? Being there for someone's call. That's spiritual. People might be trying to make it Eastern religion spiritual. People just flowing where you do. I'm just holy. No. The practical. God put you in a body. He gave you a spirit. He gave you a soul. And he called you to love him and love his neighbor. The spiritual things are very practical. So when the Holy Spirit is moving in you, you see that in the fruit of the person's life. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Patience, gentleness, love, kindness. When you see someone's kind, the Holy Spirit is moving in their life. When you see someone's there for other people, the Holy Spirit's moving in their life. Not when they're just sitting in the cave with a candle, you know. That guy's so holy. No, he isn't. He's not even in community. I had to preach. I was going to preach a little bit more because it's cold up here. The Holy Spirit is going to remind you of the practical things that Jesus said so you get to hold on to them in your everyday life. Holy Spirit, when he speaks to you, when he helps you, it's applicable to your everyday life. So something horrible happened to me as a father for the first time. I forgot to pick up my daughter from school. Yeah, judge me. Go ahead. 
I never forget anything. I'm starting, there's so much going on in my life right now, and the church is growing and everything. I'm actually starting to forget a few things, but that's a good thing because we're growing. But I never forget anything with my kids. And it's new because Nancy just started working at the school in town. So I got to pick Tally up on Monday and Wednesday. I got on Monday, but on Friday I'm preparing my sermon. I'm preaching in the kitchen sinks. I'm doing that kind of stuff. So I didn't even think I was forgetting anything. I get a frantic call at 2.15. Where are you? From Natalie. And I'm already stressed on every call. When you become a dad, every call you get, you think something wrong. Everything all right? I get the call. She says, you didn't pick up Talia. I said, you've got to be kidding me. I almost ran out the door with no shoes, no jacket, and just started driving. I called Tal, and the phone was breaking up. I thought she was crying. And I said, I'm the worst guy in the world. It was just, she was like, Dada, what are you doing? What are you doing? Get here. So I show up. There's like 11 up of the kids. There were guys like me out there forgot their kids too. It ain't a perfect world. So I picked her up. But you know what happened? They're never going to let me forget. They're going to remind me every day. Know what happens every Friday now? Text at 2 o'clock, pick up Talia. I'm like, all right. Brother can't make a mistake up in here, right? I get a text every Friday at 2 o'clock, a reminder that I got to pick up my daughter. It ain't right. So what happens is the Holy Spirit does that in your life with more serious things. Now, it's serious to pick up your kid, but you guys know what I mean. More serious things, the Holy Spirit is going to remind you of the things that Jesus said. Just like the nurse reminds you of things the doctor said. Holy Spirit is going to remind you of the things that Jesus said. This is why scripture is so, so, so important. And let me give you some everyday things in your life. I can't watch the news. I won't leave my house if I watch the news. I won't get up in the morning from depression if I watch the news. Right? I watch the news. I'm like, what are we doing here? Are we safe? Lock the door. What's going on? Like, from the terrorism to the disease to the death, to the local murders, to everything that's going on, you watch that news and say, what's going on? Why am I even believing? Why am I even doing good in the world? There's so much evil, my little good can't help anything. You can, anyone ask himself that in the everyday life or they just want to give up and say, is it worth it? I'm moving to a bunker in Maine. This isn't even worth it. But then the Holy Spirit speaks to you and he reminds you that Jesus said this. Jesus said there will be wars It will get worse and worse. There will be famines. There will be earthquakes. There will be false prophets. There will be hunger. There will be devastation. But it says, him who endures to the end will be saved. I look at Matthew 24, 13. It says, you know what? It's going to get worse and worse. You know what? It's not going to get better and better. I I can't understand when Christians are surprised when things are a mess in the world. Because Jesus blatantly said, it's going to get worse and worse until I return. But he says, if you endure to the end, you will be saved. The Holy Spirit reminds you what Jesus said. And you're able to endure. And you're able to do good in the world where many people are doing evil. You're able to be patient in in loving people and caring people. Because you know there's a reward. And if you endure the end, you'll be saved. Does that make sense? Let's give you another everyday situation. I want to go on a better vacation. I want to go on multiple vacations. I want a better lawn. I want a better 401k. I just want these things. And you know what? Why am I giving eight to 10,000 to the church? I'm talking, this is my life. Why am I doing this? My window doesn't go down in my truck. I had to drive my wife here. You can't drive to church when it's minus eight out. Man, I could have a better car. We could finally go back to Disney World that we want to go to twice a year. 
landscaping. It bothers me that I don't have better landscaping. You know, putting $50 away a month in a 401k, that ain't helping nobody. We'll be able to do our lawn somewhere, maybe when I'm retired. And I say, you know what? Maybe it's not worth it giving financially. Why should I be giving financially? Then the Holy Spirit says to your heart, do not lay up yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break and steal, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Jihad, see, that was very spiritual but very practical. That's what the Holy Spirit does. I'm down in the dumps. I'm like, what's going to go on? Why do I do this? Holy Spirit says, you remember what the doctor said? Don't invest here on earth. Invest in heaven because it's going to rust down here. People are going to steal. You're going to die, and it's gonna, what's it going to do? But invest in heaven because where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He reminds you of stuff like that. How about this everyday experience? You know, my aunt... She's such a nice person. She might be the nicest person in my family, but she doesn't believe in Jesus. She doesn't believe that Jesus was divine and died for the sins of the world. You know what? My buddy, he's such a good dude. He travels and he helps people all around who are poor and needy, but he doesn't believe the gospel. He believes that all roads kind of lead to God, you know, that could be, those kind of things. He's got to be in heaven. He's got to be in relationship with God. We start asking these questions, right? What does the Holy Spirit do? He brings us to John 14, which is right before in the verses before. Where Jesus says, he's asked the question about that same thing. And he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. So when we're tempted to be sentimental and we're down in the dumps and we're realizing that we can't make everyone believe in the gospel, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit, remember what the doctor said, Don't get caught up in your sentimentality. Don't get caught up in false ideas and false ideology. He brings you back to what the doctor said. How about when we're down in the dumps? We're down in the dumps. Sorrow has filled us. Pain has hurt us. We have lost something. Something horrible has happened. What does the Holy Spirit do? He brings us back to Scripture. He said, sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. What does the Holy Spirit do? He reminds you of what Jesus has said in the scriptures. Does that make sense to everyone? So reminder. First thing Holy Spirit is going to do, remind you. The next thing he's going to do is he's going to cause you to be obedient to Jesus. Many times we think grace. When we say grace in here, what's the first thing you think when we say grace? It's for when someone falls, right? They can get back up. Do you know that's not the only meaning of grace? Grace is to enable you to follow, habitually follow Jesus, and to live holy. Everyone just thinks of grace as, oh man, I need grace, I just fell. How about grace to watch habitually holy and to be like Jesus? That's what grace is for. The helper can make you walk in holiness. One of the worst things I've heard as a pastor is I can't do it. I mean, it's one of the saddest things. And I just made a list over the past Years I've heard. I've heard people actually say this to me that claim to be Christians. And maybe they are. Only God knows. But I know one thing. If you can't learn to love your enemy, you're not being like Jesus. And they say to me, I can never learn to love my enemies. I just can't do it. Then this ain't the path for you. Right? And we'll start and I'll get to you how the Holy Spirit can help you. I've heard people say, I can't live sexually holy. I just can't do it. Listen, if you have that mindset, you will never do it. 
I've heard people say, I can't stop living a life of anger. I've heard people say, I can't be generous. I've heard people say, I can't clean up my crude talking. I just can't stop talking dirty and crude and nasty. I, I can't do it. I've heard people say, I just don't like people. I can't spend time with community. People aggravate me. I just can't do it. If you believe that, you don't understand the power of God. You don't understand the power of God, the Holy Spirit, that he can help you walk in those things that you're not capable of. Do you hear that, guys? You can do it. With God, all things are possible. God, the Holy Spirit, resides in you. You can love your enemy. You can be sexually holy. You can live patient and not angry. You can be generous. You can live in community. You can pray for others. You can do it because God, the Holy Spirit, can help you to do it. I'm telling you right now, there's so many things that I thought I could never do because I didn't understand the power of God, the Holy Spirit, to transform my mind and my heart to be able to do those things. He is the helper who will help you do those things. Because what is a mark of someone who loves Jesus? Is that they go to church on Sundays? That's our mark, right? They love Jesus, man. 11 a.m. every week. What is a mark of someone who loves Jesus? They keep his word. They keep his commandments. Now, of course we fall, but we should be marked by habitual obedience to Jesus. The fallen shouldn't be habitual. The holiness and the walk with God should be habitual. And when we fall, he lifts us up. We need grace every day of our life. But we should be marked by obedience and by keeping his commandments as said in the scripture. How will you know that they love me? Because they keep my commandments. What are the commandments we're talking about? I'll give you a narrow view. Let's say the Ten Commandments that Jesus expounded on in Matthew 5 through 7 when he preached his first sermon. His first sermon, I'll just give you a little things. And once again, this can feel like following that guy on the bench I talked about. Like, you want me to follow this? You want me to do this? Jesus comes this. The first thing he says in his sermon Stop being angry. Follow this commandment. Stop being angry at the world. Stop being angry at people. Stop retaliating. In Boston, how hard is it not to retaliate? They're like, you're not Boston if you don't get back at them. Retaliation is not part, should not be part of our DNA as followers of Jesus. He said, these are the commandments. Stop being angry. Stop lusting. Stop lusting. Stop lusting after other people who are not your wife or not your husband and stop committing fornication. And a lot of people should be getting married up in here and not be dating for 25 years. That's how you don't lust. Get in a committed, holy, loving relationship where you're both following Jesus and then you'll experience real joy. Stop lusting. Stop. I'm getting heavy today, maybe because it's cold in here. Stop looking at porn. Stop it. Stop it. Keeping your word, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Loving your enemy and not retaliating, giving to the needy and the, to the mission of God, praying for people, having faith. Do you know that you can got, get caught up in anxiety so much that it can be borderline sinful? It can be borderline sinful how afraid we are sometimes. I've repented of it. I have a holy father who watches over me and I'm walking around anxious all the time. What would you do if your kid was pacing in the backyard just like, what are you doing? I'm just worried about everything. You're going to take care of me? You'd be like, what's wrong? You don't even know me. 
You don't even know me. I put a roof over your head. I feed you every day. You know, we got family night. We got movie night. Why are you pacing in the backyard? Sometimes our anxiety can borderline sinful. And we need to keep faith. That's a commandment. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. How about judging others and treating others as we want to be treated? I say all those because you see that and say, that's that guy on the bench, right? I don't want to follow that. You, we, just went, we all just went 10 for 10, I'm feeling, in that area, right? You can be helped by God, the Holy Spirit, to walk. Do you know every one of us can live and not be angry? Do you know every one of us can be sexually holy? Do you know every one of us, uh, yes, we can be yes. You know every one of us, by the power of God, the Holy Spirit, can love our enemies. And if all of us can be prayerful. All of us can be fearless. All of us can stop judging others. All of us can treat others as we want to be treated. That's the kind of truth we need out in the air. Amen? We can because God the Holy Spirit helps us. Not because we're strong, but because He is strong. I remember I went on a pastor's retreat, and we had one of those guys. He was just really one of those all-natural, healthy guys. God bless him. I'm not one of them. Like, I'll eat Oreos and stuff. That's what I do. And we went on this pastor's retreat, and this brother had the bright idea, those six of us, let's wake up at six in the morning, let's climb a mountain. I have allergies. Pollen's out in the morning. I don't want to climb a mountain in New Hampshire at 7 in the morning. That's not spiritual to me. That's torture. So he has this bright idea. I tried to fight back what I was. It was a bunch of all-natural brothers there. And so we get up and we're hiking this mountain. And I was in decent shape at the time, but, the, you know, the air wasn't right in the mountains. So we're getting up there, we're walking, and this one guy was really out of shape. And I said, he's going to die. Like, this is not, mountain walking is not for him. But this one guy stayed back, the one who had the idea, and he was trying to walk this mountain, and right away you could see, I'm saying, this is scary. He said, the whole time as he walked up that mountain, he said, you can make it. He said, I can't do it. I cannot walk this mountain. And that pastor stayed next to that guy the whole time, and he spoke the truth. And he reminded him, he said, you can make it. I'm with you. We're going to do this together. And that guy made it up a mountain. He would never have made up that mountain if you left him alone. Go ahead. Go do it. Come on. No. It's the same with us. There's things we have to face in our life that we can't be obedient. We can't keep the commandments. But God, the Holy Spirit within you, he's speaking to you that you can do it, you can make it, you can be holy, that he is for you. Amen? I want you guys to really think of those areas in your life where you've believed a lie that you can't be obedient to God in. It's not true. It's not true. Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead resides inside of you and me. Not a different spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead can allow us to live holy and honorable lives before God. Now, there's a few application things I want to tell you guys that I'd like you to do this week. God the Holy Spirit can't remind you of Scripture if you don't know Scripture. Right? What's he going to remind you of? There's something in the Bible I need to be believing right now. I just know it. I would encourage you to memorize Scripture. To memorize these words of Scripture is one of the most important things you can do in your life. I was forced to memorize over 100 Scriptures when I was a kid. 
And I'd be asked at any time of the day to quote it with scripture and verse. It wasn't fun, but I can't get rid of it. I can't get rid of it. Every time I'm going through something, it's like, boop. Oh, man, boop. Shouldn't be doing that. Boop. Got to believe. The Holy Spirit has all this ammo because I have memorized scripture. And if we don't know scripture, there's no ammo. You can't just know Genesis 1-1 in every circumstance. God created the heavens and the earth. What you got now? You can't, you can't go back to John 3:16, 3, 365 days. You can, but you know what I mean. If you're looking for strength, you need different scriptures that apply to different situations that you have memorized that you can apply to your everyday life like we talked about. Now, I want to encourage you. We just start, started doing this with our kids. I gave Grace to Talia. She knew the verse, but not. She, she memorized the portion of scripture. She didn't know where it was. She calls it 1 John still. Show her grace. And Kara got it. But I have my kids starting to memorize scripture, and I bring them the cravings if they get it right. I'm not taking you off ice cream, but God will bless you. These things are important in our lives. Are we memorizing scripture so the Holy Spirit can remind us? Are we teaching our children? Are we teaching our friends? You've got to memorize scripture so the Holy Spirit can remind you and so you can live that battle in life and live a life that's pleasing unto God. These are a few I want to recommend to you this week. John 14, 6. Pick one out of these three, and I'll put this on my sermon notes. I'm going to start doing sermon notes every Monday on the city, just a little extra notes from the sermon. We did it last week. People said it was helpful. But John 14, 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but, by, but through me. Matthew 6, 19 through 21, do not lay up your treasures on earth, but invest in heavenly things. And John 14, 15 through 16, about God being the helper. We need to be reminded of that. I do everything that God's there to help us. And finally, if you're like me, you have trouble asking for help. I'm the worst person asking for help in the world. I hate asking. I will help anyone. But I hate being vulnerable and asking for help. Is anyone in here like that? I am horrible. So my truck, my truck's a beater, man. But I love it. It's called the Puritan on the back. I love it. To me, it's nice. So Natalie had gone to, I think, Woman's Night, a music practice. Some, so I had the kids, and I had to um, bring Talia to basketball practice. I didn't realize she took the key. It was, oh, yeah, at the church. It was music practice. She took the key to the truck. So all of a sudden, I'm like... Man, I need a ride, so I called Joe Vec. He will give me a ride. He helps out. But then I try to stop my truck with the key that Joe Vec gave me when he sold me this truck. Of course, he gives me a key that only does the door because it's Joe Vec. Can you imagine? He sold me a truck, gave me one key with a microchip in it, and kept the other key with a microchip in it just in case I lost that key because that's my father-in-law and tells me there's no key. He's got to repent on lying. He's got to, you know, he's a... He's got a plan line. He tells me that I remember the conversation. There's only one key. Don't lose this key, Joey. It's too expensive. And I'm thinking, man, I got to guard this thing with my life. Then I find out Natalie took the key. Oh, Joey, I got one at the, at the house. It's been four years. You told me you didn't have a key. So I'm out there with this key with no microchip trying to turn my truck, getting out like I got to buy a new truck. I go through this whole emotional thing. My truck's done. That's it. I knew the transmission was going. So I think my truck's dead because Joe Vec has the key. And I realized I got to call for help. I might have to, what my brother-in-law has, and my brother-in-law works on a rig, and he leaves this pristine Dodge Ram 2019 white with all souped up for three weeks. Every three weeks he goes on the rig, he comes back and he drives this pristine chariot. 
And so I said to myself, I might have to borrow that truck. I was scared, though, because you can beat my truck up. I'll be driving that thing around. And I said, I might have to ask for help. I got issues, though. I got issues. I called up my sister. I said, Nikki, I never do this. And she knew right away someone was up. You're asking for help? What's going on? I said, I might need to borrow the truck because I got to drive Natalie to work. And I, I mean, drive, pick Talia off from school. Can't miss that. And I got to do these things. He said, okay, bro. You know, and I said right away, I told this is hard for me. I don't like asking for help. He said, I understand. I'm going to have to. We're going to take this serious because you asked for help. Right when I got off the phone, I texted her right back. No, forget it. I can't do it. Like, this is stuff going, I have issues. And I was like, I can't do it. Then my brother-in-law calls me back and says, listen, Joey, take the truck. We want to help you. And I realized through that, and I got the truck for a day. But I gave it back as soon as possible. <laughs> I realized in myself that I have trouble asking for help, and that's a pride issue. That's a pride issue. I am not God. I am not self-sustaining. I am not all-powerful. I am not all-knowing. Things happen that I need to ask other people for help. And I said to myself, here I am as a preacher. I'm always telling people, be okay to ask for help, but I can't ask for help. The reason I tell you this is some of you need to cry out to God the Holy Spirit for help in your life, and he's going to answer your prayer. He's going to help you walk in holiness. He's going to remind and build your faith. Some of you might be wanting to give up on your faith. Some of you, no one knows what's going on in people. You might feel like, I want to give up on my faith. This is too much. Ask God for help, and he's going to help you in every situation of your life. Amen? God the Holy Spirit's a helper. Let's pray.